Good morning. Welcome into Victory Formation, brought to you through River City Media. I'm Phil Dye, along with Geoff Miller. Geoff, how you doing this morning? Oh, not too bad. After a a, a long day yesterday and, and all the college football. Yeah, it, it was a very long day. Started at 11, didn't end until late in the night with upset after upset and blowout after blowout. Uh, right in the middle of the day, though, was the big game of the day. Number one, Georgia versus your Tennessee balls. How did you see the game? Well, it ended up exactly like I thought it would. Um, I mean, Tennessee's playing tough. They're they're just not anywhere close to that level. Uh, I think all Tennessee fans got a little a little hopeful after that first drive because uh, we we literally just stuffed it down Georgia's throats right off the bat, and that was pretty much the end of that. Um, the turning point in that game, uh, I believe, was the uh, the horse collar um, that w- it would have been fourth and 25 or 30 and a punt. Um, and instead, it's uh, first down and 10 Georgia, and they drive down and, and put points on the board. Um, but, I mean, again, it, it's Georgia's defense after that first drive came out and, and figured it out, uh, forced some Tennessee mistakes, and, and – they handle business. So, you know, Georgia's your number one team, and until proven otherwise, that's what it is. Yeah, I, I kind of saw this game going the exact same way. I was a little worried about it as a Georgia fan, knowing Tennessee had that offense. And when they came out the way they did in the first quarter, I was like, well, here we go. But I've seen Georgia give up some drives in the first quarter, usually just not a touchdown. Uh, but then they seem to put it together, and like you said, I think the more elite team won, the deeper team definitely won. I think Tennessee was getting tired in the fourth quarter, third and fourth quarter, and that's when Georgia kind of stepped up and put the game away. Uh, one thing that was brought up yesterday was, uh, and this morning as I talked to Randall before the show, uh, injuries. Did you notice a rash of injuries after Tennessee plays yesterday? Um, I noticed it during the game. I was talking to some guys last night. Um, it, it seemed like on both sides, and Tennessee can't afford them. Um, they're already, you know, 20-plus scholarships short, uh, playing on a short roster. Tennessee can't afford them. Um, but it seemed like there were players going down on both sides. Uh, yesterday, and I did mention to them last night that in the fourth quarter, um, I felt like Georgia was going to just kind of call the dogs off and end the football game um, because there was no point in in having any more injuries on Georgia's side uh, as well moving forward. So, But I did notice that. I guess my point is, do you think they were legit injuries on Georgia's part? Because I heard they weren't. Oh, I, I see what you're saying. As far as Tennessee's offense and, and, the, and the people going the down, um, just, I got you. I understand. Um, I didn't feel like that as much yesterday. I definitely did during the Ole Miss game. Um, and I think the, uh, the week following Tennessee Ole Miss, um, Ole Miss did it again. Um, I, I think that's, that's just something they used. I, I didn't feel like it was – that Georgia was doing that on purpose. There was no point since they were that far up. Um, I, I do feel that Tennessee's uh, pace of play uh, does affect people at times. I didn't think Georgia was doing that on purpose. I didn't feel that way. I didn't think so either. And they, I was watching the game on TV, and you could see 
several of their players went to the locker room Correct. So, a, after the injuries or in the medical tent and didn't come back the next play, that type of thing. So I, I, I don't know if that was, you know, to slow Tennessee down or not. I think they were legit for the most part. Uh, also, Georgia played yesterday with eight guys with the flu, from what I understand. And uh, that may – I'm not saying that's why Tennessee went down and scored early, but Georgia may have been trying to get them, their feet under themselves early in that game as well. Well, let's go backward, uh, starting early in the day, and we'll just kind of go through the day as it was. Uh, early day, we had uh, in the SEC, Auburn and Mississippi State. What a tale of two games that was. Auburn jumps out. looks like it's going to be a blowout. It's 28-3. to Mississippi State scores 40 unanswered points. So when it was 28-3, to uh, and I think that was in the third quarter, I think it was at that point. Um, I kind of quit watching that game and started watching other other games that I, I had interest in. Um, and then I went back and checked scores, um, you know, maybe 30 minutes, 40 minutes later and went, what is going on? Like, as if you're up 28-3, just ask the Falcons. Um, you, you cannot <laughs> – you cannot give up those points like that. I don't. I don't understand how how Auburn's coaching staff, the Auburn team, allowed that to happen. Um, and and now I wish I'd have watched the game to find out exactly how it happened. I mean, there had to be some things go wrong. Um, I'm with I'm with you on that because I kind of changed the channel and flipped over and was watching a couple other games too. And I flipped back and it's like I think it was twenty eight twenty three by then, and I'm with you. I mean, it can happen to the Falcons, but Tom Brady was not quarterbacking Mississippi State yesterday. Correct. And I don't, you know, as again, there, there, there has to be something in you that when you're up by that amount, you, you have to end that game. You have to put that game away. I, I don't know if Auburn took their, took their foot off their throats. If they, if they, just got lackadaisical on, on the defensive side or if Mississippi State figured something out. Um, but that's that's one of those losses that's that's going to come back and bite Auburn uh, at the end of the year. Oh, I think so now. They've, they've done, dropped to four losses, I believe, on the season now, six mm -hmm. and four. Mississippi State also six and four. I mean, for Auburn to fold like that with a chance, knowing that if they went out, they still got a chance to the SEC title. And – uh now the Bama game is just going to be the Iron Bowl. It's not going to be for anything else. So, Correct. Uh, well, it is on Alabama's part. But uh, I think we'll get into this later, too, with the Texas A&M game. But Alabama has wrapped themselves up a SEC title almost as well. Uh, all they have to do is win one more game. All right, let's move over to another 11 o'clock game. Big game on the schedule in the Big Ten. Michigan goes to Happy Valley playing Penn State. I don't know if you watched much of this game, but uh, very back and forth, fairly low scoring, uh, just a knockdown, drag out, old time Big Ten school game. Yeah, it, that was definitely that kind of game. Um, it, it was a, a a typical Big Ten uh, defensive struggle type of game. Um, Michigan's been pretty good um, offensively, uh, so I think that shows you how good. Penn State is on the defensive side of the, uh, the football. Um, uh, Penn State, they, they struggle at times offensively. 
Um, and I think yesterday was was one of those times. Um, but Michigan did enough to to put it away and and keep their name in contention uh, for the CFP. So, I mean, it's a, it was a it was a defensive struggle. It was a good football game if you like that kind of stuff. Um, I watched some of it, um, but again, with so many games on, I had to had to check out the other ones too. So, but yeah, Michigan handled business. They did what they had to. Yeah, not a fan of either team very much, uh, am I? But it was a good game. I know I've been on the Michigan bandwagon a little this year. But that's not necessarily being a fan. It's just being realistic from what I thought it would be. Uh, as you said, Michigan stays in the hunt for the playoff. I mean, as long as you're around that five and six spot, uh, anything can still happen. So good win for Michigan to go in there. They're now nine and one and right in the middle of things. Speaking of nine and one, this was an easy game, though. Uh, Alabama, New Mexico State, those four guys coming in uh, to Alabama. Score a field goal early, really excited for them. And, yeah, that was it, 59-3. to three. Alabama covers the 51-and-a-half points. Uh, just a total domination and blowout. Did you really pull anything from this game that you didn't expect? Not really. I'll be honest. I, I didn't see the first play from this game. Um, I had no intention of watching it at all. Um, I, I, I did check the scores. If the score was close at halftime, I may have flipped over, but uh, this was just one of those games. It was kind of over before it began. Um, Alabama took care of what they had to do. They're they're that team. Um, they deserve their their ranking where they're at. Um, and that so I, I really didn't. There's nothing to take away from this game other than Alabama beat up on a high school team. I totally agree. Let's get to a game where there was a lot on the line, and still may be a lot on the line. Oklahoma. We've said it all year. They lived on the edge, lived on the edge, and finally they fell off yesterday. The Baylor Bears came to play yesterday, and they took Oklahoma out 27-14. to 14. Uh, I think that dashes Oklahoma's chances. Oh, 100%. Um, I, I think Oklahoma does not have one signature win on their resume for the year. They were already ranked, I believe it was eighth in the CFP. Um, yes. I think they they're gonna. I think they'll drop outside the top ten now. Um, I think that's apparent. Uh, they they had been living on the edge, like you said. Uh, it was going to eventually bite them, and it, that snake finally did get them. Um, Baylor Baylor played a great football game. Um, Oklahoma's offense has been pretty good all year. Their defense, I've been saying it all year, has been suspect at best. Um, but Baylor, Baylor stuffed Oklahoma's offense. They they did not allow them to do do anything they wanted to do. Um, and on Baylor, yeah, Baylor's side of it, uh, I think it's uh, is there is it their quarterback's name Bohannon? Uh, yes. Jerry Bohannon um, had a pretty good football game. Um, three total touchdowns on the day. One passing, two rushing. Uh, I think he had like hundred and nine yards on the ground. Um, so. They they really didn't have an answer. Oklahoma did not have an answer for for Baylor's um, rush attack. Um, they had, I think it was nearly three hundred yards rushing uh, against uh, Oklahoma. I could be wrong on those numbers, um, but yeah, it, it finally got Oklahoma. And I, I'm I'm not so sure that Oklahoma didn't have a second loss when it comes to Oklahoma State here soon. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to seeing that game, Oklahoma State. 
uh, playing ball right now, playing very well, actually. Well, let's just, I mean, since you brought it up, let's jump into that game. Oklahoma State comes out last night. It was a later game. But, man, you talk about whipping TCU 63-17, to 17, and it was worse than that earlier. So, oh, I mean, yeah. It, it just kept getting worse and worse and worse, and TCU scores at the end. But Oklahoma State looks like they got a point to prove. They're 9-1, and one and they're going in a totally opposite direction than Oklahoma right now. They're moving up that chain. So you, you have to think that, that Oklahoma fans right now are – are just scared to death after this Baylor game of the the rest of the season. I think I think you have as an Oklahoma fan, you have to realize that your team is in trouble um, as far as a Big Twelve championship game. Um, there, Oklahoma State is going to come to play. There is something on the line for those teams, not a CFP. But there is something on the line. And, and Oklahoma State is, is for real right now. It appears to be anyways. Well, it, it, you, it's going to be very hard for them to get into that playoff hunt, starting from where they are right now at number 10. Uh, with Oklahoma losing especially, it won't be as big a signature win if they do beat them. They've got a lot of teams to jump. And right now, I don't see, I'm with you, I don't see Oklahoma getting into that playoff, but they do have a lot to play for. And just pride alone against Oklahoma is something. And uh, that's something that everybody wants to get to and uh, hasn't been able to for a few years. So I actually say good luck to the Cowboys. I, I agree with you. And, and you're right. The uh, the CFP, the, the the more we move forward, it's uh, it's starting to take shape and kind of get itself locked in. And you kind of get a feeling of, of what could happen and what might happen and who can get in. Um, and I think some of these teams are just too far out, like like Oklahoma State, Oklahoma at this point. Well, another one that's right there on the brink, right in front of Oklahoma State, that's played well since just uh, giving Cincinnati an opportunity to be in the talk right now is Notre Dame. Notre Dame wins Virginia at Virginia last night, 28-3. to three. Uh they're not flashy. They're not anything that you remember from day to day or week to week as uh, watching a football game. But Notre Dame just kind of keeps winning. Their schedule's not that great. Hasn't been this year. And uh, But, hey, they're 9-1 right now. And if chips fall right, they could get in. But once again, there's too many people ahead of them. Right. And and they, they have been. It's, it's something that I've – to be honest, I've kind of overlooked um, a little bit uh, this this season um, is, is Notre Dame and, and their ability to just win. Um, they don't do anything really spectacular. There's nothing to really talk about the next day. They just kind of handle business. Um, I think uh, what was Virginia? Uh, what was their record? Six and three, I think, going yeah, into the six and four now. Six, yeah, so six and three going into the game yesterday. So Virginia is obviously not a not a bad team. They um, play, I guess, a similar schedule to, to what Notre Dame's had to play, but they've been winning football games too. So they they have the ability, and uh, and and Notre Dame um, beats them pretty handily. Uh, like you said, nothing flashy, but they keep winning. And we've seen it before that if the uh, right teams lose at the right time, um, another team can creep up and get in sometimes. Um, I think we saw it one year when uh, uh, Alabama played LSU for the national championship game. Um, 
and didn't play for a SEC championship game. And Alabama got in. Still got in. So uh, it's it's possible things things happen. People lose at the right times, and and I guess we'll see. But uh, they do. They keep winning, um, and they being inside the top ten, they need to be talked about and and brought to brought to light. And Alabama went on to win the national championship that same year. So uh, that was four years ago against Georgia in the national championship. Uh, one team that's looking really good to be in that playoff hunt. Uh, that said yesterday coming in, there was a lot of doubt as to whether they might win. They put an end to that quickly. Ohio State takes care of business with Purdue. Uh, Purdue scored some points yesterday, but it really didn't seem to matter. That game was well in hand the whole time. Ohio State with a 59-31 win at home yesterday to go to 9-1 and kind of solidifies their number four spot. I agree. They uh... – that game was what had the making starting out of being a pretty good football game. This is one that I watched a little bit of. Um, uh, the The score was was pretty close in the first quarter, uh, and then Ohio State kind of, Ohio State kind of pulled away. And I think at one point it was twenty eight to seven or something like that in the first half. Um, and I think that was almost what the 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 spread of that game was. So for that about a quarter and a half between halfway through the first quarter and then in the end of the first half, that was a difference in the entire game. Because after that, in the second half, they kind of just played hand in hand and, and exchanged points the entire second half, But if I remember right correctly. Um, and the final score was 59-30-something. 59-31. Um, so that was that was pretty much the, 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 the break in that game was about a quarter and a half during the first half. When Ohio State just turned it on and and got that lead and then never relinquished that lead. Well, they have they have the ability to do that as we've seen. And CJ Stroud kind of keeps coming back and coming back and trying to throw his name in the Heisman. Uh, speaking of the Heisman, this is going to be just a wacky year to try to pick one. I think uh, there's no clear cut at all. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't see a clear cut. And I think me and you, we talked about this some earlier in the season, um, where you know some guys were starting to put a foot forward as as being um, uh, the talk, and or maybe the one, two, and three, or whatever. Um, but I don't want to be that those that committee, the the voters right now, trying to pick a, a Heisman winner. Um, there, there's nobody that's really taking uh, taking the lead there. And anytime somebody does look to take the lead. They lose like a very next game, and then all of a sudden they're not in the talk anymore. Um, so yeah, I don't want to be those voters. Yeah, it's just been an odd year from a guy like Spencer Rattler coming in for Oklahoma, being the preseason Heisman favorite, to go to the bench, and then people come out of nowhere that you weren't even mentioning, uh, like a Kenneth Walker at Michigan State, uh, who's still chugging along. I think he's going to get an invite. Speaking of Michigan State. Uh, taking on Maryland yesterday at home, and once again, let me say a Big Ten team is number is nine and one, so that's three of them right now still hanging around at nine and one, and they've all beaten each other, uh, except Oregon, obviously with the win over Ohio State, but Michigan State, who's beaten Michigan, still to play Ohio State, takes care of business with Maryland. Of course, they're a five hundred team; they should have forty twenty one the final. Uh, once again, Michigan State just comes in, does what they have to do. Are they going to get in? 
the the big ten state i guess is the question that's the real question and and the big ten's hard to call right now it's like you know one week we're going oh ohio state's a team then the next week we're going oh michigan's playing well and and then the next week michigan state beats michigan um so i i don't really know about the big ten Uh, it's going to be entertaining to watch it uh finish up the the year um but it's 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 between those three teams and I, i think it's any given week um pick a saturday and that let those three teams play and then let them play again the next week and a whole different <laughs> outcome happens. So, Round robin, so to speak. Yeah, it's uh, – I mean, I guess the best of luck trying to call it. Um, I, it's going to be fun, entertaining, watching it um, as the season progresses and ends. Um, but I I have no idea. You've got three teams right there, and any of them are capable. Yeah, Kent, Kenneth Walker once again, 143 yards, two touchdowns yesterday. Just chugging right along with his Heisman bid as well for Michigan State. So we've got a couple of good weeks coming up, you know, with them playing Ohio State, Michigan playing Ohio State. Uh, the Buckeyes definitely seem to have the hardest road because they've got both those teams left. Correct. And it's going to be uh, it's going to be entertaining. I mean, it's a uh, Ohio State's got a rough one to go. Um, they seem to be playing good, um, but we've also seen them falter earlier in the season and, and not play so well. I do think this is a different Ohio State team, but this this Michigan Michigan State team they they can come alive and play with you and 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 I man I don't know like I said it's gonna be it's gonna be fun. I'm gonna bring up one more nine and one team here. Uh, Oregon out west currently sits at number three. Uh, fairly tough game against Washington State last night. Uh, it was fourteen fourteen at halftime. Oregon kind of pulls away for a 38-24 game in the second half, which kind of has been what they do all year. Um, they've been a second-half team, but they've solidified that number three spot, I believe, and as long as they went out, I believe Oregon's going to be in. Yeah, I don't see anybody left on their schedule that should beat them. Um, but, you know, they've been they've been prone in the past – to struggle with the Oregon State game or, or a team they shouldn't. Um, so I don't want to put it past them to to mess something up there. Uh, but I, it looks like they have that, that Pac-12 uh, championship game um, locked up and in hand. So uh, they just got to keep handling business, do what they do. They do tend to wear teams down in the second half. Um, and, and you're right, they pull away in the second half. Just as he did in this uh, Washington State game, so um, yeah, Oregon. Oregon has a; they might have the easiest road of any team into the college football playoff. Something that's kind of the way I see it as well. It looks like Randall has crawled home from Knoxville. And hey, how's everybody doing? It's a <laughs> good to see you this morning, it's Randall. Early it's morning. a rough night. It's an early morning for a fifty-five-year-old after a. College football Saturday night. No, it was a good night. I had a, uh, I had a really, really great time last night. I mean, uh, I hate to hijack the show, but can I give y'all a couple comments about Georgia before we go on? Sure. Uh, so, uh, I kind of in the other show on Wednesday night built a recipe for Tennessee to win the football game. The number one factor was turnover battle. Georgia wins it two to nothing. Um, Georgia just don't make mistakes. I mean, 
I give Kirby Smart credit. Uh, I don't know if Stetson Bennett's an elite quarterback. He's a very good game manager. And I told Arden, I used this. I mean, I told uh, Phil just before we came on, I called Georgia a very, very, very good football team. I don't know if they're elite. Uh, elite as in the best team of the decade or, or one of those Alabama teams. But, God, they make no mistakes. And that's 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 their M.O. Georgia makes no mistakes. To me, Tennessee needed two turnovers and two 40-yard-plus plays. Had none of the four. And, and every opportunity they had drove the ball good on Georgia. But it seems like Georgia, once Tennessee went in, it, it, a little desperation on Tennessee, once we went inside the 20 and that field narrowed up, I felt like Georgia can just play their base defense and kind of control the game. So Tennessee um, did get two big plays. They may not have been quite 40 yards, but they were <coughs> big plays. I thought one went for over 40, actually. Uh, I thought so as well. 40-yard explosion touchdowns. Maybe I misspoke that. Okay. The, the one that we had early in the game and just overthrew the player, overthrew the receiver yeah, wide yeah, open. Yeah. That that's uh, they may have had some forty yard plays, but I, I'm talking about big scores from. I got you. Flip let, the field. Hey, scores. let me answer your question a minute ago about uh, Stetson Bennett. No, he is not an elite quarterback. I sat yesterday and talked about Stetson Bennett about how many mistakes he kept making last yesterday. If he stays in the pocket and throws the ball quick, he's very accurate. Once he gets in there and starts bouncing around, it's almost like he's nervous and he, he misses targets a lot. Either that or takes off running. So the one odd thing about Georgia is how deep they drop Stetson Bennett. And you really can't tell it until you see it in person. Um, Stetson Bennett may have the deepest drop I've ever seen a quarterback have, which completely voided at Tennessee's rush game. Uh, they still got to him a couple of times. But Stetson Bennett is 15 yards. I mean, it's it's frustrating that you get pressure and he's so deep you can't get to him. But just to not take over the show, I, I'm a everybody. Too late. I'm, Too late. Hey, Randall. Believe right now. Congratulations hey. to the Georgia Bulldogs and hey, Randall. I hope my friends that are dog friends get get the much needed, deserved 40 year wait over the, over this year because. That's a good football team, and 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 I think in a year, I think this year, in a year where you can just play great football, not make mistakes, somebody's going to have to be perfect to beat that football team. So, go ahead. I just felt like I owed that to the Georgia crowd. Well, something something else that didn't help uh, Tennessee in that game. Um, what is uh, the the guys, uh, his name's escaping me, Randall. Tennessee's uh, deep threat wide receiver. Javante Payton, Payton got hurt early. Payton got hurt early, which did not help our, our deep threat passing game. I feel, uh, like, I feel like that Georgia was able to get so much pressure after the first series. Uh, I, I wonder, Geoff, if, if teams don't catch up to what we're doing in the second quarter. It seems like we just struggle. And well, we're not now. Yeah, and we're but we're not deep enough too, Rand. I mean, we have we have no depth on on anything, and it's it's hard for to play four quarters with a team like Georgia or a team like Alabama um, that is 
They're they're deep. They're talented. They're fast, and and they have multiple lines they can shift in and 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 sub. Um, we just don't have that. Uh, Georgia would flip their whole defense at times. Their whole front seven almost. Six players would run in. Tennessee. I read a stat where Tennessee's offensive linemen. I think they are uh, the five that started played every snap, but four. You just don't. But I, again. Tennessee had their chances, and when Tennessee had a chance, uh, they had the football down 14 to, to make it seven, and, and Georgia shut them down inside the 20, and Tennessee had the football to get in the game. So, you know, my friend Phil Harris, who's a 40-year broadcaster, just looked up at me, and he goes, they just don't make mistakes, and that's the truth. But congratulations, dogs. I'll end my rant. We'll see y'all. We're we're, we're we're at least at least I feel like I'm not embarrassed by our effort. That's a that's a good feeling. All right. After that three and a half minute Tennessee post game show that I never said a word in. <laughs> I wouldn't either if I won forty one to seventeen. I'd be quiet too. Hey, all I have to do is sit here and look at the scoreboard, brother. All right, let's move on a little I, bit. Hey, I just remind you. That I used to do a show we were sponsored by the Georgia tra- Championship Trophy Case, building trophy cases that were empty since 1980. So we <laughs> you all got some work to make up. I hear you, brother. I hear you. All right, we're almost kind of wrapping up the college football from yesterday, Randall, since you're just joining us. Uh, one game that I thought was going to be, well, it ended up being kind of a blowout, but they seem to struggle every week. It's the Cincinnati Bearcats. It was seven to seven. It was ugly against South Florida, who's a two and seventeen coming in. 45-28 final, but goodness. I mean, they're not doing anything to show anybody that they deserve to be in that top four, Gio. No, I, I agree. The uh the for the first four weeks, Cincinnati played so well. They looked like they were they were a, a cohesive team that that was moving the football, doing all the right things, and then they started struggling. And once those struggles hit, they have they have hit every single week. Um, it, it yeah. I don't think there's anybody that can beat them, but I I don't they don't pass the eye test to me anymore. They they just don't play that well, and and they're gonna get uh exposed if they do find a way and and the, the committee does vote them into the cfp randall what did you think about the bearcats yesterday i'm 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 off cincinnati i'm early in the year i think i was getting on here and screaming they beat indiana they beat notre dame um and and wednesday night i screamed that you have to look at the quality of defeat so that's the reason my argument of ohio state in front of oregon but to me, there's some logic to this. If you're struggling to beat Tulsa, South Florida, you're not one of the best four teams in the country. Let's take a bad SEC. Let's take South Carolina. Uh, South Carolina playing Cincinnati schedule. Would that would that be the South Carolina team that stomped the Florida Gators last week? Yeah, yeah. The, okay, that let's South take Carolina them. team. Let's take would them. probably be. Nine and three playing that Cincinnati schedule. Nine and three, ten or two. So you tell me that South Carolina team that's an average team in the SEC can take your football schedule and go nine and three, ten and two. 
that changes my opinion a lot. I mean, I really – the two victories are not looking – Indiana has fell off, and I'm not a believer in 9-1 Notre Dame, just like I wouldn't – 8 no West Lake Forest. They played the same schedule. There's nothing there. So, well, how do you think, like a, a team that's maybe four and five coming in playing FCS would do against Cincinnati's schedule? Maybe like a Samford who scored fifty-two points on Florida yesterday. I am you know, so glad we're going to talk about that. I, I would love for Tennessee to play Florida right now. It, I would love for Tennessee to play Florida. That right game now. would not be close. It it and. Dan Mullen, if he gets by with firing Tan, uh, Todd Grantham and making some staff changes, boy, that that's that's a free one right there. That's a Philip Former level. You you're getting a free pass because you give up that many points to Sanford's not even a good Southern Conference team. No, Man, that's embarrassing. That well, reminds me. It seems like Todd Grantham was not necessarily the full problem either. Since <laughs> he wasn't there yesterday, I was uh, there watching that that Florida game yesterday, and and I had the biggest smile on my face. People were asking what is wrong with me, and and I I, I said I said I love the Bulldogs right now, and they said Georgia I said no Sanford. I can't stand Florida. <laughs> Cannot stand them. So a, a Florida loss there, and, and I got news for you, 70-52 to 52 against the Sanford Bulldogs, that is a loss. They are such a dumpster fire right now, and Tennessee is not the bottom of the barrel. One thing Georgia and Tennessee can get along with is the hate of Florida, that's for sure. All right, there was another big one yet last night as well. Uh, team that's just going in the wrong direction and says they want to play in the SEC, the Texas Longhorns. Losing overtime, 57-56 to Kansas. Bottom of the barrel, Kansas, to a two-point conversion, which was caught by a walk-on. It doesn't get any worse for Kansas right now. Randall? Look, that's a Kansas football team that had just gotten ran out of the stadium by, I think, Kansas State by 50. Uh Coming into the week as a Tennessee season ticket holder, I get information on possible bowl locations and opponents, and, you know, it's it's kind of their insider. And one of them was having us playing Texas in the Liberty Bowl. And I texted my friends, and I said, if we can get Texas in the Liberty Bowl, I'm driving to Memphis because I hate Texas, and we will beat Texas. Texas is a train wreck. Steve Sarkeesian is a good story but not a good football coach. I'm sorry. He's had three high-profile jobs now, Washington, USC, and Texas. And in my humble opinion, underperformed at each one of them. So let's see how this works out for you, Texas. All right. I'm going to get into a couple more college games just briefly before we go to the pros today. Before you do that, Phil, let me me comment one thing on Texas. I'm sorry. Oh, go Uh, right ahead. The the and it's it's nothing to do with the game, but if you are if you have never seen SEC shorts on YouTube or Facebook, please please go watch them this week because the Florida and Texas thing is going to be absolutely epic on it. Yeah, on I SEC, watch shorts. SEC shorts every week. I've got it uh, loaded up on as a one of my favorites on Facebook, so I see them all. 
All right, staying in the SEC, just local, just get you guys to touch just briefly on these two games, not meaning a lot, but big games in the SEC nonetheless. Goes to overtime, Arkansas 16, LSU 13. Orgeron toward the end of his tenure right now. I also hear this week that LSU is going to go after Jimbo Fisher. What are your thoughts on that, Joe? I I don't I don't really I don't really know. LSU's a, a better football team than than I thought originally they were. Um I I hope they don't go after Jimbo Fisher. Uh I think as a as a as a coach, I actually like the guy. And I really don't want LSU to be good again. Um so I wish they just stay away from that. Uh, the the game itself, um, I mean you have to be you have to be kind of impressed with Arkansas, right? Um uh, LSU has been playing pretty tough here lately. Um, they've been pretty good defensively. And, and I mean, you have to be impressed with Arkansas's win there. Uh, that's the only thing I can really take from that game. Um, what do you think? Well, I, I agree. I like I like Arkansas. I like to watch them play. I have all year. I, I just think they're a good feel-good story this year coming from where they have been. Uh, beating LSU on a Saturday night in Death Valley – I don't care who you are. I think you've got to give give the team some credit. Uh, as for the Jimbo Fisher thing, I I don't know if he'll go there. Uh, they're going to throw open up the pocketbook and throw a lot of money at him. But from where he's going, you know, from the heights he claims he was going to be at Texas A and M, now it's dropping a little bit. And that was what uh, one of the other games I was going to bring up. Uh, Texas A&M falls at Ole Miss, 29 to 19. Lane Kiffin with a full day yesterday, going from game day and picking the balls to beat Georgia yesterday, I might add. And uh, coaching last night on the sidelines against A&M, getting a 10-point win. Randall, did you watch – well, you were did not watch any of that game, I'm assuming, but what are your thoughts about Kiffin on game day and then coaching? Uh, you know, driving home late last night uh, on XM, I got to hear game day. Uh, and that was Lane Kiffin being Lane Kiffin. You know what? He's going to say things that's controversial. He's going to do things. Uh, there is a sick relationship between Lane Kiffin and the University of Tennessee. Uh, and I'm going to tell you, I love when he gets – there's no way that man believed Tennessee is going to beat Georgia. But that made press. That – all press is good for Lane Kiffin. So That's I did get to hear a little bit of um, – or see a little bit of Texas – uh, Texas – excuse me. Uh, A&M. Ole Miss, <laughs> Ole Miss last night. Um, and you know what? That's a pretty good football team when they have Matt Corral healthy. I mean, that's, that's a good football team. He, they've got one superstar that I can't help but think is going to be – uh, a 10-year NFL vet. You know, I, I'm just really impressed with Matt Correll when he's healthy and able to run that team. Jimbo Fisher, real quick, I just want to remind everybody, I love, uh, you know, LSU is a great university, but what people doesn't realize is LSU is probably the least financially stable university in the uh, SEC. The smallest endowment uh, in the SEC. Uh, now you can recruit a top five class and never leave Baton Rouge Metro, 
if they're able to put $90 million or $80 million to buy Jimbo Fisher's contract out, that would be one-fifth of their school endowment. Their host, and it sounds like $100 million, I mean, it's not that much money when you say, well, their endowment's $500 million. Texas's endowment is $5 billion. Tennessee's endowment is somewhere around $1.3 billion. Uh, I just can't see LSU spending five, six figures, I mean, near six figures on a buyout, so, or nine figures on a buyout. So, And I also always mention the train wreck that is Florida State was left by one man, Jimbo Fisher. So, well, the train wreck that is Florida State was going to be the last game I brought up today because that train wreck crashed right into the Miami Hurricanes yesterday <laughs> and beats them 21 or 31 28. Miami has to just be beside itself. Manny Diaz, obviously, not the answer in Miami. I agree. All right, enough said about Jimbo Fisher and Miami and Florida State. Let's get into some NFL, which is why we're here today. Brandon, are you going to stay with us for some NFL and give us a, some of your great I got insight? You. I, got, I, I got my notes right there. I take the picture of somebody else's podcast and they're bored, so that's my best note. So, All right, well, let's get into it. And I'm going to – just start out. I'm going to bounce around a little bit, maybe not go in the same order. You guys have got it because I don't know where you're at, but we'll start out today with uh, Geoff's Atlanta Falcons going into Dallas. Six and two Dallas, four and four Atlanta. The line is minus eight with a 54 and a half total. Geoff, I'll let you start off on this. Uh, Dallas looks like they they're going to be potent one week but then they're not and then atlanta looks like they're dead and then they come out and score 30. i'm not sure what do you see in this game um i I like the game from a scoring aspect uh i I think both dallas struggled so bad last week um so i I have to think that they're going to come out and 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 play and play football this week especially against atlanta um atlanta has it seems to have been a little better on the defensive side of the ball uh, I, I just think Dallas has too much. I think this is a higher scoring game. Um, I, I do think that uh, uh, Kyle Pitts and, and Tajay Sharp uh, have a lot to do with that uh, with the offense this week. Um, Sharp's been getting some targets. Uh, it just hasn't been translating into fantasy points uh, as of yet. Um, but I do believe that this is the game where where he gets some some points in that aspect. So I, I, I love Sharp this week. Um, I want to like Ezekiel Elliott against Atlanta. Uh, it's, I just I just don't like his price point. I don't trust him. Uh, Randall might have a little better read on that than I do. Well, Randall, how do you see it going? I noticed that uh, last week uh, you were talking about Tajay Sharp, Geoff. Uh, Zacchaeus got three targets but turned two of them into touchdowns last week. Can he keep that up, Randall? Probably not. Uh, I, I, I don't know that that that's going to be one of those situations that one week it's Tajay Sharp and the next week it's Zacchaeus. Uh, I do like this football game from a DFS standpoint and I'm going to throw a name out there and let's just all remember that Dallas's defensive coordinator is one Dan Quinn ex-head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. 
So uh, I think this game has a bunch of undertones. I think it shoots out. And I love stacking both sides of the game. I really think that this could be an interesting football game. And I remind you, Georgia Bulldogs, and I had to mind the lady sitting behind me last night. You hate my ass on Saturday, but I'm with you on Sundays now. I'm about to change into Falcons gear. So you can hate me on Saturday, but I bleed red and black on Sunday. So I like the stack. I like Dallas's stack. I'm not crazy about Zeke. Give me Dallas's wide receivers. Give me Dak. Give me Matt Ryan. Give me Kyle Pitts. And Russell Gage. Oh, a name we haven't heard. Who finally needs to show up somewhere. Absolutely. All right, let's move on. Uh, Bills, Jets. Bills just, oh my. I don't even know what to say about last week. Nine to six to the Jaguars left me doing this. And I'm like, uh, I have no idea. Jets seem like they can't beat anybody but some of the best teams in football. So here we go again. Uh, can the Jets pull it off today, Randall? No. No, 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 no. And a good football team has got their butts done last week, and I expect them to react that way. My number one quarterback in fantasy this week is Mr. Josh Allen. I see no way. That's embarrassing. If you're a professional athlete, that's embarrassing. So – uh, I am vested in the Bills. And also, you got that situation of running back. If Zach Moss does not play, Devin Singletary becomes a plug-and-play for me at a very good price point. So be watching in about 90 minutes. No Zach Moss, Devin Singletary becomes a must-play. Also, while the world loves Stephon Diggs, Cole Beasley just continues to produce every week. So, what you know, sooner or later, everybody else will figure that out. Very good and point. G off. So, I, I agree with Randall on the football game. Uh, I think I think Buffalo comes out and handles business. Um, I'm, I'm not going to pay for uh, the Buffalo side of it. Um, I, I don't think it's high enough scoring game. Um, I think that they get off to a lead and then you have to pick between Moss and Singletary uh, who's going to run the football. Um, so I'm, I'm probably not going to have a lot of pieces this game. Uh, the, the price points are too high, and I don't think that the, the game uh, script is going to be high enough. It's going to score enough points to warrant those. So I'm, I'm probably fading this game. All right. Fair enough. Let's move on. Going into New England, Patriots playing pretty good ball right now. Gotten up to five and four, hosting the Cleveland Browns at five and four. New England, two and a half point favorite, 45. That seems about like the right numbers to me, Gio. Uh, yeah, especially my, my biggest concern is there are literally no running backs in this game. Like, there is zero running backs anymore. Chubb's out. Uh, Felton's out, Kelly's out, uh, Harris is out, Stevenson's questionable, uh, White's on, on the IR. The, this is this is like the Baltimore preseason backfield. Um, there is there is nobody available. Uh, you have the, the Ernest Johnson at forty seven hundred. Um, 
But other than that, that's pretty much I, I don't trust New England's backfield. You could take a stab with Bolden. Um but you're you're gonna be looking at, at the wide receivers. I, and I think there's gonna be a lot of passing this game. It's only to move the football. So I, I tend to like I, I really do like Landry and Myers this week. I, I kind of like Ramondae Stevenson and I like Dearness Johnson at the running back positions. I agree with you that there may be some passing, but since they're the only two left, I kinda I kind of like going with those. Randall. I'm all over Dearness Johnson. At forty-seven hundred dollars, I th- this week in nature, I I want to play high-end quarterbacks, high-end receivers. I've got to save money at running back. If you couldn't tell by my Zach Moss, the Devin Singletary le- lecture, the whole my whole philosophy this weekend is you go all the way up to Delvin Cook, Najee Harris. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, you go all the way down to the Dearness Johnsons and Devin Singletary's. And right now, I'm living in the poor side of the town, so I like your call on that one. Yeah, I, I, I like Dearness Johnson a lot. Let's remember what a big game he had when he did fill in before. All right, the winless Lions, the Steelers without Ben Roethlisberger, Mason Rudolph coming in today as quarterback. Uh I just don't see a lot going down in this game that I really like. Randall, do you see anything different? Pat Fryermuth has been practicing with Mason Rudolph all year. $3,900. I've got to save money at running back and tight end. I like Pat Fryermuth. Well, you've saved enough running back money, so we may as well go to the tight end and get it cheap. Geoff, fade or play? Um, uh, again, I'm on the fade side of it. You can't trust the Lions. Um, they they might might be over after this week. Uh, they're just not doing enough to prove anything to me. Um, I, I do I do kind of like Swift if you can afford it at 6800. Um, I, I think that is it might be the best player on the field this week. Um, so if, you're right. very much right. So if you can if you can squeeze Swift in there at sixty eight hundred, I do like Swift. I think he gets a, a ton of looks, ton of touches. He catches the ball in the backfield. So I, I think that is the it, it might be the best play and only play on that field today, besides I'm his not, tight end play. I'm not Roughly. playing Swift, but since you brought him up, I got to say something. If you haven't seen the mocked up Matthew Stafford uh, from this year when the Lions play the Rams, you don't know how good of a player De- DeAndre Swift is. If you see that mic'd up, go find it on YouTube or wherever. That's Matthew Stafford talking about DeAndre Swift. He's a fellow Georgia Bulldog. And it, it he says, I used to sit back there and hand him the football and watch in amazement. That's how good this kid is. Yeah. I think we all saw that in college, and it's it's continued into the pros. And if he was on a different team, I think everybody would realize how good he was. But – he is mired in Detroit like so many good ones have been. Let's hope he doesn't quit in the prime of his career. He'd look off a good red-black again. Yes, he probably would. Yes, he would. All right, let's continue on with these dud games at 12 o'clock. Uh, not a lot on the schedule today. It's early. Uh, the Jaguars and the Colts. Uh, I think the Colts are going to come in and win this game. 
Urban Meyer got the Jaguars playing a little better, but I mean, if you consider it a nine-six win better, but uh, <laughs> I, I just said once again a dud game. I think the Colts take care of business. Randall, tell me who's going to stand out today. As, I, I love that comment. It uh, got me tickled. Look, we were just had this is perfect scenario. We just talked about the best young running back maybe in the NFL. I want to talk about the best young wide receiver in the NFL. And I think his name might be Michael Pittman. He is playable every week, every form. Someone dropped him in one of my leagues early on when he was injured. I picked him up, and he is a plug-and-play every week for me. I I think Michael Pittman has a great day. And if the Colts ever figure out their quarterback situation, do they not have a core put together? with Taylor and Pittman to move forward. So, uh, and I do like Pittman in this game, not so much on Jonathan Taylor, because, again, I don't want to play a running back that's actually ever been to a Pro Bowl at any point this week. So, <laughs> well, good luck to me. All right, Gio, tell me what's going on in this game. Um, I, I agree with I agree with Randall and Pittman. Um, the, the dude is so fun to watch. His ability to run routes is – it's it's one of the best in the league. He, he runs crisp routes. He makes the defenders bite. That's how he's so open all the time. Um, he's he's a he's a real fun guy to watch. I love Pittman this week. Um, I'm actually kind of big on Carson Wentz. He had a bad week, but through this year, Carson Wentz has been by the numbers has been good. He has been good for fantasy. He's been good for the Colts. Um, I'm I'm trying to trust him after a bad outing. Um, so his price point is uh, fifty nine hundred. So for a quarterback that's getting you, I think the, his average is is twenty three or twenty four points a weekend. I'll pay the fifty nine hundred with a player like Michael Pittman. He's throwing the football too. Fair enough. All right, enough of that one. Let's move on. Buccaneers, Washington Football Team, ten point spread, fifty and a half. Tom Brady's going to throw it all over the field. Washington is going to have to throw the ball as well. I like Terry McLaurin a lot in this game because even though he's a little more expensive, he's going to get a lot of targets. Gee, I'll start us off on this one. Uh, my, my, I do like the Terry McLaurin play. Um, there's, there's going to have to be – the ball's going to be in the air, obviously. Um, Washington's got to find a way to move it, so, th- so there's your answer there. Uh, on the uh, Buccaneer side of it, I love Mike Evans right now. Um, he's been getting more uh, targets in the past couple of weeks. Um, he's had a couple of, of breakout weeks, which I'll call breakout weeks because he hasn't done much this season. Um, so I, I, going forward with Antonio Brown out, um, their wide receiving core is a little bit uh, hurting and ailing. Um, I love Mike Evans. I, I, I think he, he just goes off today. Well, like you said, Antonio Brown is out. That should open the door for someone I guess Randall might bring to us right now. Enlighten me, Randall. You know, I'm struggling with this game right now, but I'm going to call this game where I get my tight ends from more than likely because you've got Rob Gronkowski, I believe, healthy and coming back. And whoever ends up being healthy from Washington, Ricky Seals-Jones or – or Thomas, I'm going to end Thomas up Thomas is there. out. Thomas is out still. Okay, so it's Ricky Seal-Jones. But 
I love Chris Godwin today. And I guess this is the reason that everybody's always opposite. But, you know, I always try to play the guy that's not hot because I feel like Brady wants to get the football to the guy that's not hot. So, uh, and on a side note, hey, Antonio Brown, get better. My fantasy team is four and five, and I need you. I, I really, let, hey, I need to call Tampa. Get right here, buddy. I need you. Um, but, yeah, I kind of – let's let's say the number one stack game today is this game. So, I'm going to try to avoid it unless I get something like a Gronkowski or a, a tight end. Uh, I think Evans and, and Tom Brady may be the most owned players on the slate. So, Gronk, Gronk is out. So, your only tight ends over at Tampa Bay are – you have to decide between Brady and Howard. I'm going braid every time. But neither one of you bring up uh, Tyler Johnson, which is where I thought one of you might go. Going to be a low price point. Had nine targets for Tampa Bay last week, starting to make the most of them while Brown is out. He's a no play while Brown is there, but when he's out, he becomes a pretty big target at Tampa Bay. So I kind of like him. Completely missed that one. Good call all right, last 12 o'clock game, or 1 o'clock if you live where Randall does. Uh, Saints, Titans in Nashville, Tennessee today. Titans favored by three. Still no Derrick Henry. Won't be the rest of the year, but their running game, they kind of split it three ways last week. Uh, really wasn't effective. Their offense really wasn't effective, to be honest, against the Rams, but Somehow, Randall, they pulled that win out, and they just keep keep winning seven and two, best in the AFC. I do not want to believe in the Titans. I, every week, I get on the group text that Geoff and I are a member of the same fantasy league, and I tell those guys the Titans are a myth, but they win every fucking week and drive me crazy. Also, no Julio tonight. Your your target share is really really small with the Titans right now. No Derrick Henry, no Julio. Probably going to throw the ball against the Saints. They double A.J. Brown. Who's going to be the next guy? That's the million-dollar question. Geoff, who's the next guy? I I don't think if you, you can call him a next guy, uh, but Nick Westbrook, you tiny – Whatever you say, however you say it. <laughs> uh, he has, when they've been down on the receiver side, he seems to come through more than more than any of them. He gets he gets most targets. He gets most catches. Um, so if if you're gonna go that route at uh, thirty two hundred, I, I do like him. Um, you have to you have to like the Titans though. I mean, I'm 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 with you, Randall. They. But they just get it done right now. I, I can't explain it. There's nobody in their division that's going to touch them. They're going to win their division. And, and they just seem to be getting better each week. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I think if you're going to play a low-end player, uh, I would go with uh, with Westbrook there. Um, and, obviously, I do like uh, uh, Brown. That's a, a big play this week. Don't make me cuss on the air. Any thoughts with Kamara out? Mark Ingram? Good call. Another one of my trash running backs this weekend. All right. Well, you know, my problem side of town. My problem with with anything on the the running side of the uh, the Saints 
Tennessee has been good against really, really good against the run here lately. And I, I just don't know going forward. And, and I'll, I'll give Mark Ingram this. He has been catching more passes out of the backfield. So there, there is that. This game feels like a preseason game. You've got so many substitute players in the game. No Kamara, no Henry, no Julio. You're going to – this game is going to pop for somebody and somebody's going to get it right and, and be able to roll something big out of this. Um, I, I don't know which side to go. Yeah, it's just a matter of who, who shows up today, I think, in this one. Let's just watch it and enjoy. All right, the next game, we'll start down in uh, after late afternoon games. Carolina is still paying Cam Newton's replacement in Teddy Bridgewater. They're paying Cam Newton's replacement's replacement in Sam Darnold. And now they're paying Cam Newton again. They bring him back. So for the small price of Cam Newton's salary three times, uh, you get Cam Newton. Gee, up. the Panthers have been your team all year. Tell me why, please. Uh, well, they haven't been my team. I've been I've been big on Sam Darnold. Um, I said at the beginning of the year that Sam Darnold was going to be a, a top 15 uh, fantasy quarterback. Um, and, and he was well within that uh, for for much of the time before he got placed on IR. Had some bad outings the last couple outings. Um, I'm not I'm not big on Carolina. Uh, I, I do tend to like them more with Christian McCaffrey back. Uh, I don't think that team is anything without Christian McCaffrey. Um, whether or not he can stay healthy, I, best of luck on that one. He's 8,400 this week. Um, but I, I do think in, in he's the only play over there for me. Um, if you're going to pay up for running back, you that's it's Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, um, they're, they're playing the Cardinals this week. Kyler Murray's been hurt. So uh, McCoy comes in last week. Randall seems to have left us, Gia. <laughs> Must have had a big emergency. Uh, McCoy comes in last week, though, and shockingly beats the 49ers. Scores 31 points. James Conner throws up 42 last week at the running back position. And now with no Chase Edmonds, James Conner is going to carry the load today. Do you think he's worth a play? Um, I, I definitely do. Um, I, I think James Conner uh, can carry the workload, um, especially with if, – if you're the Cardinals, you have to think that that if with Murray being banged up, a little bit hurt, if, if Murray is going to play today, and I'm assuming he is, they're not going to want him doing too much. So I think they're going to want to rely on Connor to be that workhorse and, and not put Murray under any undue stress there. So that, I think I think Connor's a great play. Yeah, I'm not sure of the status. The last I saw was Kyler Murray was questionable, and I'm kind of trying to look him up real quick right now. Kyler Murray's still questionable as far as ESPN says, so nothing for sure yet that I can see. Uh, it sound, yes, it just updated. Sounds like Colt McCoy will start the second consecutive week, but Murray will likely be a game-down decision and may be the backup. So, looks like it's McCoy's game again today, which may turn this one into one that I don't tune into very often. <laughs> 
All right, let's move on, GF. I guess Randall didn't want to talk about the Panthers and Cardinals, so we'll go to Vikings and Chargers and see if that piques his interest. Uh, Vikings, they find ways to lose. That's all I can say. Chargers up one week, down one week. Uh, Chargers minus three at home. Big total in this game, though. A lot of points going to be scored. Uh, 53 and a half your total. What do you see happening in this one? I this is probably going to be a fun game to watch. Um, yeah, if you're a Vikings fan, I'm I'm super sorry. Uh, y'all do find new and impressive ways to win, and that's coming from a fan of the Falcons, the the Balls, and the, so. But y'all find new and impressive ways to win or lose. Um, luckily for us, this is fantasy football, so the win loss doesn't matter. We just need points scored. Um, with that being said, play everybody. I, I love this game from a stack perspective. I don't think you can go wrong with anybody you play. Um, it, I think Keenan Allen is questionable. Um, so, but I, I do, I do like Mike Williams. I like Keenan Allen. All the big guys. Uh, I, I don't like much on the tight end side of it. Um, but from from the the running back, uh, quarterback, wide receiver, you play play anybody. This game, this game is stackable. Randall, welcome back. Vikings, Chargers, tell me. Well, I, I got to do a PSA first. My 11-year-old daughter, I'm sure you're watching right now, you know not to call daddy when he's on the podcast and his other phone's dead. <laughs> so I'm on my main phone. I'll be to get you in a few minutes. Stop calling me. Love you. Favorite game of the day. Don't know which way to go. Uh, I, I think if I go Vikings, I think I – I think the way I want to go is I kept talking about money games. I think I want Minnesota. I want the two high-end players mixed with Eckler and Mike Williams and then flip those quarterbacks back and forth and try to catch magic there. It's a hard game to save money on because – the targets you want on these games are all expensive. Eckler, uh, Dalvin Cook. I might even do a couple of stacks where I just play Eckler and Dalvin Cook and just then try to play pieces around them. But I really like this game to shoot out. And Justin Herbert, every time you play football, you prove that I know absolutely nothing about sports since on draft day I said – what a stupid pick. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Eagles, Broncos, Randall. Eagles, no running game. Miles Sanders out, but Je uh, Jordan Howard has come in. Boston Scott did one week. Jordan Howard seems like he's toting the load now there. Uh, Broncos also with that split backfield. Uh, it just doesn't seem like Javante Williams is ever going to break loose from Melvin Gordon's shadow. If it it's going to happen. It's going to happen now because last week was Javante Williams' best week. But that means that probably Melvin Gordon will get 16 carries for three touchdowns and 150 yards today. Um, I really think Denver – I've drafted in, uh, Javante Williams in several leagues. I think he may be the best rookie running back. But it just – they don't want to give him the job. Melvin Gordon is obviously still startable school. Um, I do – think that the fantasy world is missing out on Tim Patrick. You go look at Tim Patrick's stat lines and where he's priced every week 
and where he's rated every week. You just Tim Patrick is so much more productive. But all in all, I've been playing a lot of Jalen Hurts naked with no none of his pieces. And I've also been losing a lot this week year, so I'm not gonna do that no more. So I'm gonna kinda maybe avoid this game, but I could see me sneaking a, a Patrick into a lineup. Um, but just too much value out there for, for me in other places this week. GF, your thoughts on this game? I'd, I'd love to disagree with Randall, um, but I, I can't. Um, I've been thinking the same thing all week. Uh, I'm, I'm fading the Eagles. I, I've been trying to, to use Jalen Hurts here and there, but it's, it's hit or miss. Um, I'm fading the Eagles. Um, he, he likes Patrick. I tend to like Judy. Uh, if, I can, if I can plug Judy into a spot, I might. Um, but, again, I, I do like other players at those price points and other games better. Um, so this this might be a complete fade for me. All right, fair enough. Let's go to what may be what many consider the biggest game of the day: Seattle Seahawks, Green Bay Packers. You got Russell Wilson coming back from injury. Will start today. Aaron Rodgers coming back from lying. Will start today. Uh, I, you know, you've got a usual cast of characters in this game. Uh, Devontae Adams is just so steady, and it's hard to find another wide receiver you can trust from the Packers. You've got Metcalf and Lockett, but who do you pick on which day? And so, Randall, you got any insight on this that I'm not aware of? I love Aaron Rodgers. Every week he plays, but God, Aaron Rodgers, you drive me nuts. I mean, just stop it. Stop it. My daughter's future is bet on Aaron Rodgers' football cards. Stop it. She's not going to go to college because of you, Aaron Rodgers. Stop being stupid. Stop it. Stop. Okay. Um, Devontae Adams is my number one producing wide receiver over all forms this week. I think he puts the biggest number up. But that's a big number beside his game name. I almost like the Seattle stack better than the Green Bay stack because it's a little more affordable. Uh, this game could shoot out. But if you decide to stack this game, your salary is committed to this game because those are expensive players, almost like the Chargers and the Vikings. My struggle in fantasy sports is when I have two games, I feel like it's going to shoot out. I want to get parts of both games. And there's not low-priced parts for me in these games. So uh, I've actually backed off. I have a dollar player, dollar total I play every week. I backed off this week a little bit because I'm not as confident as I normally am. So this game, along with the Charger-Vikings game, I feel like you get it right, you're a long ways to winning money. Jeff, you're nodding in agreement right here. Yeah, this this is the other game that, that I like, and, and it's it's the usual suspects. Um, I'm I'm with Randall. My my one of my big stacks is gonna is gonna be the uh, the Seattle stack. Um, and one thing he didn't mention, I've been waiting on a big blowout, a big, huge game from Gerald Everett, and I think this could be that game. Um, he's low-priced at like twenty-five or 2600 um, and I do think that he is the best tight end they have. So I, I do like Gerald Everett this week as well. All right. 
Well, that wraps up everything for Sunday afternoon. We got a couple more games that we can just briefly hit on for Sunday night, Monday night. Uh, the Chiefs, I'm not sure what to make of the Chiefs right now. Uh, something tells me that the Chiefs are still going to win the AFC West. Am I wrong on that, Gio? Uh, no, I don't think you're wrong. I think they're too talented to implode like that. Although, if you just take the last couple of weeks and look at it, uh, I, I I don't know what's going on over there. I, I do know from a fantasy perspective, I'm not paying for anybody on that team. They're too expensive to not produce. And that's what they've been is non-producing. Um, so, I'm, I'm fading that side of it completely. And I, I guess I do like the Jacobs side on, on the on the Raiders. Um I just I don't like what the Raiders are dealing with off the football field. Uh, I think it's still fresh in everybody's minds, and it's it's a big thing. So, I a game that I would normally like and like from the fantasy aspect of it, I, I just don't have a lot for this week. Yeah, one guy I like on the Raiders a little bit, uh, especially since Rugs is now no longer there, uh, Hunter Renfro. Getting a lot of targets, still inexpensive on the fantasy wire. Uh, he just keeps kind of throwing numbers up, getting 13 to 17, 20 points a week. Uh, Randall, do you like this game at all? I do. Uh, I like your calling Win Renfro. He's in my receiver pool. Um, I don't like the game. Uh, it's odd. I almost said something on the air the other night. I, 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 I immediately stopped myself, and I, I was happy I did. Because Roger Meta on Wednesday night's new show, Ridiculous Speculation, is a, a Raiders fan. I'm just happy the Raiders got through the week without drama. You know, it, it, you feel for them. Uh, I think him and Renfro is probably the best play in this game for the prize point. Uh, I, I, the Chiefs, I'm gonna, I think we've seen a great example of what the Chiefs aren't in baseball. And in basketball, and somewhat, I think Georgia may be playing out. You saw the Bucks, a team of kind of just a team that pulled together, no real superstars. You saw the Braves pick up a bunch of pieces and put it with their superstars and kind of bond as a team. I think the Chiefs need some football players and a little less stars at this point. I really think that football team is out of control. They've had to start breaking it up. I do not like the Chiefs as a football team right now. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tariq Hill are great players. But as a football team, I don't like the Chiefs. So I, I think you roundabout said the same thing, Phil. The Chiefs are just a little bit of a mess. So uh, I, I would not be shocked to see the Raiders play them well tonight. That single-game stack, I will have Jacobs, Renfro, that's all I know right now. Those two will be my Raider pieces. And then I don't know where I go with the Chiefs because it's so expensive in those single games. You can't play Hill and Kelsey and Mahomes. So you almost have to pick two of those pieces and play them. Yeah, I kind of like, like Daryl Williams on the Chiefs side tonight with Edwards Lair still out. And he's been catching a lot of balls out of the backfield and getting 80 to 100 yards. So. Seems like that may be the way to go if you want to get a little less expensive on the Chiefs. All right, Monday night, uh, 49ers 
hosting the Rams. The Rams this week with a big pickup with Odell Beckham Jr., which no one saw coming, I don't think. And I think Odell immediately called Tanya Harding to take out Robert Wood's knee so he could get in the game. So Robert Wood's now out for the year with an ACL injury. Odell Beckham in. What great timing for the Rams, Randall. I will, uh, I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I don't believe in aliens in my backyard. I don't believe any conspiracy in the world. You know, I enjoy them, but I don't believe them. But if you tell me Robert Woods got hurt on Friday, I'm going to call you a liar. The Rams knew something was up. That's the reason so aggressive with Odell. Uh, So it's going to be interesting to see if he can mesh with that team. It's an opportunity to me. It feels like when Antonio Bryant landed with the Bucks last year, this feels the same for Odell Beckham. If he if he doesn't make the most of this opportunity, Phil, I don't know that Odell Beckham will be not bouncing team for team looking for jobs starting next year. True. I totally agree with you. Geoff, any thoughts on this game as far as maybe a one-game showdown stack? Uh yeah, I mean, as far as a, a one-game showdown stack uh, for San Francisco, um, a- after the debacle that was the the Rams-Titans game last week, uh, the Rams are liable to put 116 points on the board. Um, I, I love the Rams side of it. Don't like the San Francisco side of it. Um, I Right now, I like Darrell Henderson. He's been running the football really, really well. And I do believe that the Rams blow this game out. So I think he's a big part of definitely the second half. I think he gets a ton of touches uh, uh, in that game. Um, Obviously, I like Cooper Cup. You have to find a way to get him in. Um, From a cheaper play, um, I'm pretty sure OBJ will not be part of this this lineup come this game. He's not going to be part of it yet. if he is, it'll be a very, very small part. So I do. I love Van Jefferson. Uh, I think. It, I think at his lower end price point, Van Jefferson to replace uh, Robert Woods is is a great play for that game. Yeah, I tend to agree with you there. I look for those diamonds in the rough, and I think Van Jefferson may be your play right there. One interesting well, thought on the betting part of this side of it, if you are so inclined, San Francisco this year, crazily enough has not won a game at home. They are now 0-4 at home. This game coming in on Monday night, I know this, the crazy stat line is always take the home dog, but San Fran 0-4 at home. I think after tonight they will be 0-5. All right, I guess that will wrap us up for the pros and the college today. We can get some final thoughts. Do you have anything you want to uh, add or just give us your – Crazy thoughts on today? Uh, I don't really have many crazy thoughts today. Um, I've been I've been looking at some of the uh, the divisional races and stuff like that. I do agree with you on the Chiefs. Um, I, I don't think that anybody's going to attend with the Titans either. Um, the Titans have the benefit of uh, starting the year out slow, but being in a really bad division. Um, it's going to be interesting moving forward. Um, I, I I think the uh, I love the Rams Arizona thing going on right now, um, so I think that's going to be entertaining going down the road. Um, 
I, I still think the Rams is, is the best team in football, even after last week. They had a debacle, and I think they bounced back on uh, Monday night. Randall. Uh, I, I want to I, – I agree with you. I still think the Rams are uh, – when they play well, is the best team in football. I say today, if you don't have anybody in the 12 o'clock to watch, I think the Atlanta, Dallas, there is so many storylines going on. It's going to be a great football game. I want to, again, uh, you know, we, we all – I live – I started to say we all, but I, I'm, I guess I'm the only one now that lives in Chattanooga which is on the line of the Tennessee-Georgia. A lot of Georgia fans here. Uh, again, I'm not a sore loser. I just want to congratulate the dogs. Wish you the best wishes. Um, I hope you go as far as your talent takes you. And the last thing is the followers of River City Media, we kind of had a rough football season. We expanded and we kind of contracted. And I, I've had too much time donated, dedicated to radio. So we have took a couple of shows and put them together as one show. Uh, we now have six people, including these two gentlemen, that we're going to try to integrate into some different shows, some different looks. On Wednesday night, we we started our reboot. Um, and we started a reboot, folks, because we're going to a Roku, and we're, we're trying to go to the next level. Wednesday night, we have a new show that's three hours sports, but it's be re rebranded. Ridiculous speculation. It's the same show with an extended cast and a lot more. Let's say we kicked it up a notch and it probably went from FM to XM. So, you know, that was our intentions. And, of course, we're going to leave this spot open. I'll be in and out with these two gentlemen. Hopefully we'll have some guest speakers that want to come on here with y'all. So these are going to be our two brand. These are going to be our two footholds that we're going to build around. So we're headed to Morocco. This thing's going to grow on us. We're trying to get a couple of things in syndication, but we appreciate everybody that takes their Sunday or their Wednesday for five minutes and listens to River City. You two are great additions, and I want to thank you for this show because it becomes so much of my life. So uh, that's my lecture, and I will not mention the word Georgia Bulldogs again the rest of the year. Uh, you people are the only ones that could make me root for Bama. Goodbye. George Bulldogs right here. Right here, actually. <laughs> George is the only school that makes me root for Bama. I'll put it that way. So, All right. Well, next week, you know, it's going to be a really lax week in the SEC because everybody has their uh, bakery games, as I say. It's where they get the cupcakes. And uh, there is one or two games maybe. Alabama, Arkansas should be a good one. Uh, if Arkansas can pull it together uh, – Alabama's still got a little work to do with Arkansas and Auburn. And we're going to see how bad Florida is with uh, hosting the Missouri Tigers next week. If Missouri goes in there and wins next week, I think Dan Mullen may be getting a clown job at the circus. Let's so, Mizzou. If you've never been to a Georgia-Georgia Tech game, folks, go to it. I've been to a Georgia-Georgia Tech game. It it's, is in, the most it's in Atlanta this year, too, and it's it's pretty cool place to go. It, it is. Really I is. love Georgia Tech. I love going to games at Georgia Tech. I've been to Tennessee. I went and watched UTC play at Georgia Tech one time. So it's a fun place to watch a game. Go to that game, folks. Georgia fans, make that place look like it's a home game. Yeah, Jennifer, my wife, and I talked about going down to Atlanta this year, <laughs> and uh, we may still. I'm not sure. 
but we'll see. Yeah. All I'm right. going to be there a couple of weeks back to back, I have a feeling. Good show today, guys. Appreciate you dropping back in with us, Randall, and hanging out as long as you can. Geoff, way to go, bud. Uh, so for Geoff Miller and Randall Cunningham, I'm Phil Dye, and this is Victory Formation. We're going to sign off. <laughs>